Hi, I'm Oshin Lunny, and I'm inviting you to unlock the full potential of IoT in this brand new podcast presented by Siemens Advanta. Every episode will deliver a 360 degree view of the latest IoT trends, explore practical ways to approach unique journeys, and most important of all, reveal the possibilities and potential beyond the buzzword that is IoT. I'm very happy to have two brilliant C-level experts from Siemens with me today. Peter Korta, Siemens Chief Strategy Officer, and Emmerich Sarazin, the CEO of Siemens Advanta, to demystify these urban legends. So let's look into what C-level leaders are wondering about in today's episode of Unlock the Full Potential of IoT, IoT Demystified. And we're going to get some answers from the experts. Welcome, Peter and Amaric, to the podcast. It's awesome to have you both here. And together, we're going to bust some myths about IoT. Thank you for having me, Oshin. Hi, Oshin. Thank you for having me as well. Uh, now, as well as asking you to power up your Mythbuster suits, we're going to get to know a bit about you as individuals by asking some searching personal questions. And we're actually going to start there with you, Peter. Well volunteered. Um, so if you could share with us to get things rolling, why did you decide to work in IoT? Um, well, look, there's the internet, which we all know, and the internet is pretty much for connecting people. Now, the next frontier, obviously, is connecting machines. And this is so much more difficult, turns out. Uh, and it is at the very forefront of uh, what is here to come. It's really hard, but it's really exciting. So I'm looking forward to be part of that journey. I share your excitement. We're, we're like at the start of something incredible. And uh, it's it's great to be here talking about it at this moment in time. And how about your good self, Amaric? What was your path into the futuristic world of IoT? Uh, IoT for me, it's, it's an amazing place, an amazing domain that actually combined both the newest digital technology with the real world. And I have to say, for me, this is, this is really the sweet spot. This is applying the top knowledge developments that we have to real thing and to make an impact on society, helping changing for the better. So for me, this is really, really the nice place to be. Wonderful to know a bit about your motivations to be in the space. And uh, are you ready to bust some myths? Got your Mythbuster suits on? Uh, okay, let's go. Myth number one, you need to have the perfect, most detailed plan ever to implement IoT. You need everything mapped out and nailed down. And oh my goodness, everything needs to be planned before you can do anything. Um, what would you say to that, Amaric? Actually, the perfect plan doesn't exist anymore. And not because we cannot. I mean, we used to make perfect plans and we still have the capability to do that. But the industry and the way society is changing is completely different. And let me give you a quick example. It took 75 years to get 100 million people using the phone, the telephone yeah, wow. at the time, 75 yeah. years. In 2006, to have the same 100 million people playing to Pokemon Go, it took one month. So 75 years to use a telephone, one month to use Pokemon Go for the same number of people. This is just to give an idea how chaotic and how change and speed of change is, is strong out there. Yeah. And so, and so this means that we need to have an approach that starting and go with small step, having agile and to be able to build a business on top of that chaos. I see a lot of people telling me, yeah, you know, outside it's a mess. You know, this is so chaotic, but don't worry. It's going to come back to where it was before. It will not. 
what's going to happen is going to be actually to be even more and more chaotic. And we need to learn, we need to upskill ourselves to be able to deal with that chaos and build sustainable business, build sustainable society on top of that chaos and that change. Yeah, absolutely. Sustainable society are two words I'm very, very fond of. And I think the imperatives for adopting IoT to deliver this are huge. Uh, So same question to your good self, Peter. Do you need the perfect plan with everything nailed down forever to get started with IoT? Yeah, no, I'm I'm grateful for the question because that's where many uh, organizations, uh, that's the trap they fall into. Because they think it can be linearly planned into the future as this were exact signs that we have well understood. We have to realize we are at the very frontier uh, of what we know and what works and what doesn't work. So the trick of it is to set an overall goal, long-term goal, let's say in 10 years, I want to have my productivity increased by X, but then be nimble and start with a few small experiments that deliver a fast return, learn along the way, and then scale it. And that's what is very different to, let's say, more of the traditional IT domains that we see today. If you do an SAP implementation, everybody would know what to do because there's a script that is written for it. Here, IoT, it's uncharted territory. And let me let me build on, on what Peter said, because I really like what he said. I mean, having a vision and establish something where we want to be in three, five, ten years is actually important in order to make decisions every day. And then to be nimble, we have to have this agile methodology. And people really are confused because they think agile meaning we do whatever we want. The agile is actually very process oriented. It's just that the time that we na- that we have to the next decision is very short. So you can pivot very often. And this is very important into still having this North Star horizon in the back of our head and still being able to pivot and to be nimble to get there. Yeah, very good point. I mean, an example I love to look at is that of Amazon. You know, they started out selling books, but now they are a disruption machine that transforms every industry they look at. They didn't maybe have this in mind when they started all those years ago. Like you say, they evolved using agile methodology and really grew with the market and the opportunity. So yeah, fantastic answer. Thank you. Okay, back to the personal question time. I'd like to come over to you, Peter. Where do you see and where do you use the potential of IoT in your everyday life? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, because it's not that often, to be honest. Um, it is uh, used, I mean, I got a lawn robot uh, that is mowing the lawn, which is great. So I could stop it and start it now, uh, or I could start the microwave in my oven and, and prepare the dinner for my kids or lunch. Uh, but the thing is, it's very basic today. Uh, and uh, the potential of really connecting things with each other is not there yet. So the whole Internet of Things is like, it's really exponential. At the very beginning, it's very small. But once you start to create those connections between the very various elements that you could connect, it really will take off. Uh, for example, if my car were to communicate with my ovens, that if I am 10 kilometers away, it should start the microwave. So by the time I walk in, the pizza is done, right? It's not there yet, but uh, this is what could happen. Nice. I like the internet of pizzas. Take my money. Absolutely. (laughs) Sign me up. Uh, So, Emmerich, where do you use the potential of IoT in your everyday life? I mean, like Peter, to be honest, there's a a little bit in the house, of course. Uh, So for me, it was more the the thermostat. So I used to live in Florida. It was very warm, obviously. And the thermostat actually with AI learned, depending if I was in the room or not, 
learn after time how much they should, when they should start, when it should start, and when it should stop uh, cooling down. So that was actually interesting. And then, then, and then you optimize your consumption of electricity. What I do mostly now, actually, I have an electric car and, uh, and I use IoT a lot to plan my trip. I mean, it's a different way of, of driving, yeah? In the city, of course, no problem. But this is also a long trip car. And so when we're the family, we actually to plan that. And we plan that through the connection of my cell phone to my car, to the next charging station. And all that ecosystem connected together actually allow me to drive for a thousand kilometers. So this is really how it impact me right now. That is fantastic. That is a really concrete use of IoT. It's, it's interesting. You know, IoT can seem quite abstract at times, but actually it's already here. Lots of people are using it for many different uh, purposes. Um, so time to bust another IoT myth. Get the Mythbuster suits powered up because this is a good one. Um, what do you think about this, Peter? Digital transformation is the decision of a lifetime and costs a fortune. Um, true or false? <laughs> false. Uh, it certainly should not cost a fortune because it should create a benefits of a fortune. It should it should make fortunes. Uh, however, you are absolutely right. And and Oshin, you said something very interesting at the very beginning. You said digitization. And when when I think about this, there's there's three levels. There is the level of digitization. There's the level of digitalization, and there's the level of digital transformation. So let's, let's start with the first one. Digitization means you turn something analog into something digital, right? Let's say a drawing that, that you was on paper. Now you have it electronic. That's good. And now you got the asset somewhere on a computer and maybe it's parametric and that's good. But really, there's no value coming out of it. The second one is with digitalization, now you create some insights out of those drawings, for example. You can connect it to other data that you then can optimize. And you can start to optimize and digitalize processes, business processes, because of it. For example, this drawing could be routed through different workflows and engineers across the world, and they could make their annotations, changes, collaborate, and then finalize the whole thing. Now, finally, however, is the digital transformation. And digital transformation at the very end is changing the business model and having this very different culture of how we do things. And here, for example... Today, it's very linear. You create, for example, the, the drawing and then you send it over to the owner potentially. But why not change the, the business model such that you would say, well, the, the owner is also co-designing it and you only pay on, on based on what you like or what you don't like uh, and uh, or whether things have turned out uh, the way you had designed that in the first place. So this is really important to understand. And when we talk about this myth that cuts a fortune, you're right in that this first step of digitization, meaning really turning analog assets into the digital ones, this is where usually we have all the feeling of, wow, when do I finally going to see the benefit? But the true benefit's going to happen, this digitalization, and then finally, really, in the digitalized transformation phase. Nice. I like to pivot there. It doesn't cost a fortune. It makes a fortune. Emmerich, what do you think about this myth that it costs a fortune and it's just the biggest decision you ever have to make? And it's, oh my God, you know, how can you even start to go there? How do you deal with busting that myth? Actually, I'm going to build on what Peter just said, because we, we know that one of the five big pillars that is difficult for executive to implement is the ROI. 
Uh-huh. The way we calculate ROI, what, what money we're going to get back, it's very difficult. We actually, when we look at projects, we see almost half of them where the ROI come from consequences that were not planned at the beginning. Yeah, And this is very interesting because once you have that in place, and exactly what Peter said, when we have the platform in place, when your digitalization is in place, how do you use that? It's actually you continue to innovate and there's some idea you didn't have from the beginning. Yeah, so And this is very important because it is by small step and it's, it's a big link to the question, the myth we had just before. Yeah, You need to start something somewhere, excuse me, and you need to make sure that you do a point of a POC, yeah? And you're like, okay, this is a proof of concept. Fine. We see a lot of executives, funny enough, that are okay to pay for a proof of concept. It's a smaller, it's a smaller investment. Mm-hmm. But we see a lot of people that, that feel, I'm okay if it fails. But also a lot of people saying, I don't know what to do if it succeeds. <laughs> and this is very interesting because suddenly there's all this point of uh, proof of concept everywhere without the plan to say, what is the next small step? And we say we go by small step. And this is where that decision, it's not a big decision of lifetime, but it needs to be multiple decision that needs to be expected. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a gap here because in the past we used to make one decision, one big decision for the next few months, for the next few years. Now we need to do 10 decisions in the next six months. Wow. And that's a very big different shift, even for executive, to the way of leading a company and the way of leading a project and the way of leading a transformation. Yeah, yeah. You almost have to have superhuman powers to, uh, to embrace this new opportunity, which brings me on to my next question, which is not actually about IoT, maybe. Let's see. What superhero would you most like to be? Huh. Actually, I may disappoint you on this one. I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't love superhero, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I, I feel that uh, actually we can do a lot of stuff in reality and I'm, I'm, more, I, I'm more like this. So for me, it's hard to answer that question. Uh, I would say, you know, I, I would say I would look at what we can do without superpower power that are still completely out of the reality. This is what I would strive for. Nice. By the way, this is this is a little bit of a good answer because I'm not either a very super fan in my in my youth. So I don't have a lot of references there. So this that's a that's an easy answer for me as well. Ah, nice. I spent my youth buried in comics and superheroes, I can promise you. And um, Peter, how about yourself? Are there any superheroes that you'd like to be or superpowers that you'd like to have? Uh, yes. Well, the amazing thing is I had to look it up on the internet. <laughs> so, <laughs> it looks like we're a little bit different, uh, which is fine. Um, but look, when I, when I checked it, um, I think the one thing that I really would love to have, and that I think is would be really practical, is uh, having a teleporter. So, so in other words, uh, being wherever you wanted at any given time would be really awesome because then you don't need the car. I could be with my family, could be with friends, I could be in, in vacation, I could be at work in no time. And so... Um, I don't want to get too much into the movie of Matrix, but if you think of it, at some point in the future, maybe we have a digital avatar and uh, we may be able to travel digitally. And then I, this dream would actually come true. I like that very much. Bonus points that neither of you picked Iron Man. That was, that was very good. I mean, that's that's like probably the most predictable answer. Okay, so back to the myth busting. Get your virtual Iron Man suits back on. So... You know, when some people think about IoT, they think 
it's all about technology. It's all about downloading stuff from the app store, installing sensors and yada, yada. And suddenly you're swimming in robots and technology and AI and it's out of control. And, uh, you know, where's the, the human element? Emmerich, how do you begin to approach this big preconception that people have, this big myth that IoT is just like, a, you know, an avalanche of technology and it's not about people at all? No, and this is a very actually tricky topic because we know that uh, there's a research that was done by the Harvard Business Review that around 60% of the corporate IoT transformation are stalling because of the adoption, not because of the technology, but because of the adoptions. Where it's a very tricky topic is technology is mandatory. Technology allow that transformation to happen. Yeah. But the, the execution of that transformation really come with people and transformation of people. I'll give you a quick example. I was in China with a client and we visit the plant and very new technology and, and, and amazing. It was producing pepper cup. They were flying in tubes everywhere. That was amazing to see. And then we go in the meeting and then uh, the CEO speaks about the digital, what they have done and everything. And then the head of HR to jump in and say, we cannot get the results because the people don't want to use that technology. And there was an amazing technology where the salespeople could send right away to the plant the order, and then through an AI algorithm, it would decide to what line of production that order should be done. Wow. The foreman, the foreman, so that the head of the plant, the head of the floor, would not use and scan this because he was saying that his knowledge was actually better to choose what line should be done. Yeah. And this is a very good example. And I talked to a, one of the head of our plant at Siemens, our most modern plant, and he was saying every chance that come, the first thing we do, it's not install the technology. It's meet with the people that will be affected or to meet with the people that we help that transformation and understand what's in there for them. It could be for them personally for their job. It could be for their team. It could be for their company. But this has to be very transparent and how we accompany people around that transformation is the key to actually at the end implement and have the bottom line. So I think this is something that is, uh, that is uh, extremely important. And we, we usually still now take that transformation of people. At, we'll do a training at the end. We'll do a training at the end on the technology. That's not what it's about. It's about starting the transformation with the people from the beginning at the same time as we transform technologically what we have. And that piece is still not widely implemented, widely understood. And it, it's, it end up with 60% of effort and transformation stalling because of adoption. That's a big figure. My goodness. We Mythbusters have a lot of work to do. So, uh, Peter, what would you add to help destroy that myth that people are not involved in the IoT transformation? I think Emmerich is absolutely right. And we see this over and over again, um, that in the end, it comes down to collaboration. And I mentioned earlier that um, it's all about bringing data together, which is usually within silos. Yeah. And these silos are usually related to functions. So let's say uh, procurement and manufacturing and IT uh, as a central part. And so that now requires that these functions work together in order to unlock it and uh, really think from a value chain, from a process perspective. Now, processes are usually sliced and diced and have different process owners. Now, with IoT, you bring this process orientation back. 
Now that requires that the people work together with each other. And uh, and exactly as Emmerich said, I could give you many, many examples as well. Uh, for example, where IT wanted to have this and promised uh, the world of it. And then all of a sudden, the people in the manufacturing plant said, well, we were never involved. Hmm. And we have no idea how we should ever get there because they never spoke to each other. And so we have to recognize when you do these projects, the IT projects, this is as much of a, of a transformation of the people, the way they work, and that this is truly a cross-functional effort. Yeah. And you have to treat it as a change management project as well, but you get the key stakeholders involved from the very beginning, not just IT. It's not an IT project. Mm -hmm. It's a business project. You take the business owners, they uh, define the process, and then they, in particular, have to define the goal where they want to be. Very good point. Very good. Culture does eat strategy for breakfast, as they say. And this is one of the most important myths to bust, I think. The Internet of Things is all about people. And Siemens Advanta is all about putting people at the centre of IoT transformation. Now, I'm afraid this is all we have time for on this episode, but I feel there are a few more myths to bust. So our wonderful guests may well be getting a return invitation to join us again on the Siemens Advanta podcast. Thank you so much, Peter and Emmerich, for joining us today to bust some myths, share some personal secrets and help us unlock the full potential of IoT. I hope you will come back soon. Listeners, if you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast app and check out the Siemens Advanta website to get a glimpse into some amazing IoT projects. Join us again in a few weeks when we'll have some more fun with some more great guests and bust some more myths of IoT. See you next time. <laughs>